0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Beyond the Chalkboard. My name is Dr. Gordon Cobb, and I am thrilled to be your host this season. This podcast creates opportunities for KPU faculty to share ideas, inspire innovation, and give real-world examples of successful technology-based teaching strategies. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode of Beyond the Chalkboard, I'm talking with John Singh, who is a member of faculty in the trades and technology department at KPU on the Cloverdale campus. On this episode, we talk about the MAMT Diploma Program, or as John likes to call it, the Mechatronics Program. This innovative and hands-on program provides opportunities for students to work with the most current technology in computer numerical control programming, renewable energy, and computer-controlled autonomous systems. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with John about mechatronics, teaching with technology, and how we both absolutely love being teachers. I am here with John Singh from the Cloverdale campus in the mechatronics, that's mechatronics program. Hey John, how's it going?
1: Good, thank you.
0: So what is your educational background?
1: Well, I kind of educated myself. So I graduated, then I went to post-secondary and did the vehicle technician program uh, at VCC. After that, I acquired three more diplomas. Um, One is, well, the first one's a vehicle technician. The other one was uh, electronics technician. The other one was an electrician's diploma. And the last diploma was a PIDP uh, instructor's diploma that sort of gives you the opportunity to, to teach.
0: Can you tell me what kind of technology you're working with and how you're integrating it into your curriculum to further student learning in a higher education setting.
1: Okay, okay, so in our program we have, uh, it's such a multi-discipline program. We have soft skills as well as uh, the hard equipment. Um, A lot of it is digital logic, and when you talk about digital logic, they talk binary and all these things, but to simplify it, um, if you take a light switch and turn it on, the light goes on. If you turn it off it goes off. If I have 30 of those light switches and they all have to turn something on and off in a matter of sequence that's what we're doing and we have software that simulates that on and off switch and we can control robots, we can control CNC machines work that way, but way more complex. They're almost like a computer, not digital logic, more like processing a computer processes. Uh, Digital logic, what we talk about is a factory. Um, Labatt's brewing company, how the bottle handlers work, the packaging works, the sensors, we have inputs and outputs. They are all basically light switches. So the magic is taken away from it. We have software that controls light switches to have things go on and off for what we programmed um, uh, the factory for. So we have a lot of tools that simulate that. We have a Siemens uh, PLC uh, program that we're inputting um, the logic into it and having machines do what we say that they're supposed to do. Um, We have uh, many different um, Um, tools downstairs at or in our lab that we use to simulate these things but it all comes down to the same thing we're teaching machines how to do something that we ask them to in a software manner if that's makes sense Yep. yeah so you're
0: taking component parts you're not building the robots you're just building their brains
1: yes we're building the robots brains they are empty and we fill them
0: So tell me about the driverless car.
1: Uh, the driverless car, that was a really interesting thing. I came up with it at the last minute. I had uh, our dean's office, who, who is very supportive of stuff. I needed to buy a whole bunch of robotic parts. And I said, well, what can I do with this course? I needed to implement something else uh, a bit more exciting for them to do with the logic part of it. OK, how could I get them to do something? OK, well, let's, let's build a driverless car. So I. Um, I went and talked to a, a place that sells all these things. They supplied me with a whole bunch of equipment, and we, I brought it back to the school. Uh, we went over it with the students and what they wanted to do with it. Okay, they wanted to build a driverless car, but the components were there, so they built a four-wheel driverless car with eyes, and it would stop and go and back and forward. If it saw you, it come backwards and then make a left or right to get out of your way, but it just wanted to keep driving. Um, They programmed it themselves. They built it themselves. They soldered it themselves. At the end of the day, they had a pet. Um, I had to go back to the office. I couldn't take it away from them. I had to go back to the office and say, hey, can we please let the students have these things? I can't take it away from them because they've, Spent so much time building it, and they're were, they're were just so excited and and uh, have a fulfillment, of of uh, self worth of doing something like this. Yeah, I just didn't have the heart to take it away, and they can take it home and play with it. And it, it's not cheap, but um, that's the gift that the university gave these uh, students. Yeah.
0: Well, and what I found being a music technology instructor is if I ask my students to use their own gear in class like bring your own camera bring your own microphone there's pretty much a 100 percent probability that they will do what they learn in class at home and so now that you've sent that technology home with your students there's a very good chance that they'll go and innovate right i mean this is agency you're giving you're making them autonomous by giving them so much choice, and then they're gonna apply what you learned. This is like the vision 2023 that the dean's office wants us to learn and implement. Like there it is in in practical form in your class.
1: Thank you for that because I didn't um, think past that step as they have the car and I was done with it. I didn't sort of think past that they're actually playing with these things and utilizing them and re-engineering them um, to their flavor, if that makes sense. Um, So thank you for that. I appreciate that.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a rapid-fire sequence in a segment I like to call Rapid Fire Inspired. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, Favorite app?
1: Um, I have a flip phone
0: so no app okay doing well favorite software
1: I like the Siemens PLC
0: favorite piece of hardware
1: camera old-fashioned camera favorite movie Oh hateful Eight, but not the bad scene the rest of it PC or Mac PC
0: sweet or savory savory In a Disney animated film, who do you usually like better? The hero or the villain?
1: The hero. If
0: you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: Read minds. If you were a superhero,
0: who would you be? Thanos. If you weren't in your current vocation here at KPU, what other career path might you have taken?
1: Managing monster projects with monster machines.
0: Name one of your personal heroes.
1: Gordy Rissette.
0: Who was your favorite childhood teacher?
1: Mr. Prescott.
0: Who was your favorite uh, post secondary instructor?
1: Bob Atkins. What do you love most about your job? The people and the students. What do you love most about KPU? Its openness to talk freely without uh, being judged.
0: Okay, so John, what recommendation would you give other faculty at KPU or beyond who are looking to start incorporating technology into their curricula and classroom activities?
1: Well, um, I have a, maybe a different view on this, is that every, every human, I would say, almost every human wants green. They want clean air, clean water, and um, a healthy planet. Um, Some people say technology is the downfall of, of all these things, but if you thought into the future, if I told my peers, and I had conversations with them about incorporating technology into their workplace, And if they did incorporate technologies, whatever they may be, uh, music, history, um, automotives, anything, and you walked into this building with no pen or paper, and we digitized the campus, think about how many trees and ink and plastics and recycling, all these things that would not be here and filling all these garbage cans up with tons and tons and tons of paper. We could just erase things digitally. So when you incorporate technology, whatever it may be, for whoever it may be for, it'd um, <laughs> be really interesting, end of the day, if nobody brought paper into this building, walked in with only their cell phones, taught a class and got applauded, not by bringing just a cell phone, but to deliver their lessons by using technology, uh, w- would only enhance the the experience of, of learning and teaching, and then leaving with only your cell phone in your pocket. That would be an interesting sort of thing to ever have ever happen
0: for the final word final word segment i want you just to talk about um what it means to you because we've had some conversations about this already what it means to you to be a teacher and why you think it's important
1: uh, for me, what it means to be a teacher is helping someone along, throwing them a rope, and halfway up the rope you give them your hand and pull them up, right? Um, I put myself in, in the student seat, so I'm looking at myself through their eyes and trying not to overburden them with material and not overburden them with a teacher's presence, if that makes sense, because I know when I was a student I was nervous to be around teachers, I didn't know if I answered questions right. Um, For me to be a teacher I wanted to be, for me what it means is I would like students to be very open and never ever think that I would judge anything they would say whether it be wrong, wrong or wrong those are only right answers because now we have something to work with. If they give me right answers, the lesson is kind of over. Uh, If I have many wrong answers, then we have a game we can play now. And I never want them to feel, oh, that was wrong and I'm embarrassed. No, we need to be proud of our wrong answers. We can go forward and learn from them in a way that wrong answers prompt ideas and thoughts and allow the mind to open itself to learning that that's what i think that's what i think and i have energy here here hours will go by and i would be working on two pieces of paper and hours have gone by because i'm so engaged and i'm happy to be excited to be looking at things um and discovering new items on um how to create or um, build a program or even a, a small lesson that time goes by and that's the part I don't like that three hours have gone and I it feel like it feels like minutes but the energy is there I like what I do
0: it's funny you say that because um, like you before I was a post-secondary teacher or a teacher period I was a working musician, a composer, and a sound designer and as an artist in your 20s you think that the ultimate goal as an artist is to get the next gig, get in the newspaper, get a good review, you know, work with a really great choreographer or filmmaker and I've done all those things. I've taken a bow on a stage in New York with a contemporary ballet company, and I've had pieces in the Olympics and on TV and all that stuff. But at a certain point, I started to lose the meaning in the art because the art was really just about me feeding my own ego. And somewhere along the line, I had to start teaching to make a living, and I didn't want to just teach at some music school teaching their curriculum. I started teaching songwriting. I started teaching what I did as an artist to students that I found in my community, and I did it long enough that I started to see the impact that that teaching had on their lives, and now some of them are professional musicians. So now I understand that the best artists, the best machinists, the best robotics creators, whatever the world word is, they're the ones who should be teaching because teaching is the art that lives in the people that leave your program. It's like art that never stops growing. So now it's like, I don't even compose anymore for me, but I still do a lot of composing, but I do it with my students. Way more meaningful. And I think that's kind of what you're saying too, is like, you can go and work a job and contribute to the world, but if you're like creating the next generation of innovative robot tears, then I mean what could be more meaningful than that, right?
1: Absolutely. I just hope that um, um, I'm always in the thought that am I giving enough? And I I think that's kind of a good thought because it makes me not stop. My curriculum is done and okay that's good I could teach this for five years but no, I keep thinking well am I doing right? So I keep trying new things to make it better not just the same if that makes any sense i i i also used to teach millwrights the industrial mechanics and um and i always thought am i giving them exactly what they need um they come back and and they giggle They says john you you told me this and it happened and i used it and it saved me and it and that happens all the time and that makes me happy. That makes me happy that they remember my words and they use my words in the field, in the shop to their supervisors uh, in their my, lives. In their lives my tactics they're using them. And they come back and say, "John, I I I did that. I did what you said and it worked." And and that makes me happy in it and it I don't know, it just feels good. You know, it's a legacy. I guess, a legacy? It absolutely
0: is. That's what you've given the world and it continues to grow. Uh,
1: I hope I can give someone something that they can be proud of and say they learned from an educational place, that they got something out of a school. So when they leave, I learned that from school and I took that from a school, not KPU, not SFU, but school in general. And I, th- I think that's really neat because a school, as a broad term of terminology, I think is you're not pinpointing one organization. And once you say school is good, I think, I think that's a good thing. Nice.
0: Well, thank you, John. I can't thank you enough. This was a great interview. You're a really interesting guy. And I think what you do at KPU is amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you. Beyond the Chalkboard was created by Caitlin Kozlowski. Season 2 of Beyond the Chalkboard is produced, written, recorded, hosted, and edited by me, Dr. Gordon Cobb. For more information about educational technology at KPU, please visit the Teaching and Learning Commons website, or follow us on our blog site, Friday Morning Coffee, our Twitter site, or our newsletter series, all of which can be found on our website at kpu.ca forward slash teaching dash and dash learning. Thanks for joining us.